know. So fundamentals are fundamentals because um, we can see again the uh, the the links between um, when the brain is damaged and what it does to the body, whether you're a child or an adult, the effects are pretty similar right, because right, yeah. the software is pretty similar. Right. So that is that is really it. And so the third part of the course is really looking now at how to introduce the DNS. Uh, movement strategies back to the patient with simple but effective reference points which are rooted in proprioception and aesthesis, being aware of their position in space, because these are the basis for actually establishing fixed points. Mm -hmm. You must know where you are in space. You must feel the reference points. And from that, you can make decisions that are neurologically integrated and sound for moving efficiently through the medium in which you are in. So the, um, the third part looks at reestablishing these uh, uh, DNS points um, using our knowledge of the chains, using our knowledge of fixed and mobile points, and of course, getting the patient to internalize these reference points so that they can move without having to think all the time about what they're doing. And this leads on to synergies, which then leads on to ADLs, which leads on to performance um, readiness, um, and also, of course, aftercare recovery. Um, strategies, etc., that are based on the findings and the individuality of the patient and the performer. Mm-hmm. So that really would be the um, the overview of the three parts, and they are only divided into three because I think it's a lot of information, not to receive, but to master. Yeah. You know, you yeah, can always I mean, buy three volumes of any book and go home, but then to apply it is very different, you know. So um, it is not that we couldn't hand you the three books in an hour. Yeah, you can take the three manuals. Good luck. It's not, it's very hard to uh, implement. Um, and maybe it's not so hard for some, but I mean, as I said, this started back in the late 90s. Uh, and the early 2000s. So it has not been an easy process for me to um, formulate these ideas, Uh, but they not only did you have to think them, but then they had to be tested in clinic. It wasn't you just couldn't write down an idea and start teaching it. (laughs) It might be fun, but that was suicide. So they had to be tested and retested and uh, challenged and rechallenged and tested before they were teachable in any way. And that's yeah. where I came in. I challenge. Yes, challenge. you. <laughs> I, I challenge you. Um, you are the the epitome of the devil's advocate. In fact, you might actually be the devil, but <laughs> you've definitely advocated for, for him. <laughs> <laughs>
So I, I see you've been speaking to my wife. <laughs> ah, there you go. She does call me up from time to time late at night to complain <laughs> about right. the day's Whatever proceedings. It takes. That's it right. Takes. Yes. So that is really um, the background to the three parts. Um, because, again, Many people asked about gait, but, uh, you know, gait is um, an integral motion. It is one of our most, apart from breathing and bracing, it is our most um, uh, habitual functional movement. And yet uh, it can be very poorly managed because it is something that starts out so early that it is a subconscious uh, function. And you really are surprised when you realize how much effort goes into making it happen when you think about the parts of it. So the challenge is always to simplify it so that the patient can have an a proprioceptive awareness of gait without being bogged down by the biomechanics and the logistics of it. And um, I mean, that is the problem. That, yeah. And it would have been nice to just have it neatly in part three. Um, and to some extent, it is the culmination of, right, of right, right. Uh, locomotion and the movement patterns. Uh, but um, there's... Um, Again, I think that it um, we have come a long way from describing the biomechanics of it to actually describing the qualitative references that are required to move better without slowing down the patient by have them having to think of each step. That well, is it also not... goes back to something <clears throat> we were talking about earlier, where it's like, that that fundamental uh well the fun the, the fundamental understanding of quote unquote the correct biomechanics of gait is mm -hmm. complicated something you need mm -hmm. you should have an understanding of but then like you know just applying those principles to a gait analysis and a gait mm -hmm. course mm -hmm. and you know whether you videotape someone and you slow it down you get a pedograph and you see how they're distributing force. Mm -hmm. None of that really tells you what you need to do with that patient. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it, you know, if you watch somebody, it's similar again with the Trendelenburg, if you watch somebody walk and you slow it down and you can confirm on video that when they weight bear on the right side, their knee is collapsing and they're doing a, a, a Trendelenburg, that doesn't mean, okay, their glutes weak and you have to do clamshells. That's not yeah, going to no. fix it. So it, you do still need to understand the fundamental biomechanics of gait, mm -hmm. but to really have a qualitative understanding of how to treat for a gait problem or to mm -hmm. examine uh, the mm -hmm. findings of a gait uh, of gait is very complicated and very difficult. It can be. Which is why it we, uh, goes into a separate kind of... It goes uh, into a separate thing. And yet you have to distill it so that you can explain what you... Uh, the, the five things you want the patient yeah. to 
observe in their own gait pattern in order to improve it over time because there's no way you can change it all at once. The patient will not be able to walk. So you have to really <coughs> hone in and practice, um, especially what kind of cues you will give them initially external and then slowly to internalize these so that they will be able to feel what it is to walk better. So it's all very exciting. I think that um, with the, um, with the um, progress that uh, we make with um, uh, teaching and reteaching and teaching and reteaching and discussing uh, like we did, for example, at the, um, in Prague, um, uh, we were at the Chateau, um, we get a chance to exchange ideas to uh, deepen our understanding of basic principles and then to extrapolate those principles into clinical expertise, observation, and uh, treatment. So yeah, that is, uh, yes, um, that is the exciting part, that the DNS family has the ability to um, grow these aspects, both through research and clinical expertise. And of course, to challenge them so that we are not um, making errors. Yeah, and we do, we challenge. Yeah, we do. If you enjoyed this conversation and want to hear more like it, then please like this video and subscribe to our channel. You can also stay up to date on our latest seminars on our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, at IMTR Seminars.